Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. My name is Jay Stagman, and with me, as always, is my pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on another episode of High Spirits, the podcast. Uh, tonight, <laughs> oh, I should tell you about the show. Uh, on this show, we uh, talk about ghosts, and we drink alcohol. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I love you, Noelle. <laughs> Crossing my legs is challenging. <laughs> um, tonight, I am sponsored by Fist City, which is uh, right here from Chicago, Revolution Brewing. Uh, it's a beer. It packs a punch. Uh, I am drinking Cupcake Cabernet. This doesn't taste at all like a cupcake. <laughs> you just spend so much money. I don't. Did you get that oh. at the 7-Eleven? <laughs> Maybe. All right. <laughs> uh, which is fine. Uh, the show is also sponsored by 7-Eleven. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, I have a follow-up to our last episode. Uh-huh. We talked about um, how Sarah Winchester's baby, uh, I think her name was Anna. That sounds right. Died from Marasmus. Um and here is the definition of marasmus. It is a form of severe malnutrition characterized by energy deficiency. Um, the body weight is reduced to less than 60% of the normal expected body weight for the age. So um, not clear on how someone of her stature birthed a child with um, malnutrition, other than we kind of figure that maybe it was because she was a small woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe had a, a small diet. Yeah. Or uh, maybe the baby couldn't breastfeed, which is a thing. Sure. Like if there, there's a latching issue. Yep. Yeah, um, because for a nine-day-old to have marasma seems. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if it might just had have had something to do with her size. It might. She, she might have had um, uh, erratic periods and maybe not have even known she was pregnant until... About six months in, and they always wore corsets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good so, call. So, all kinds of internal all organ sorts damage. Of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, very mm-hmm. unfortunate. Very sad. Um, I didn't really do much more digging past that. That if there was like, I don't know, like an, if it was an epidemic or if it was a common thing during that time. I've I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, very sad. sad. <clears throat> Speaking of sad things, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about my thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're just going to go right into it. I like it. All right. Um, today, I am talking about Portland, Oregon. Oh. Yeah. The city of. The city of. Okay. Um, the much ballyhooed Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever anyone says ballyhoo, which isn't that often in my world, but all I can think of is... That song from South Pacific, Belly High. Oh. Belly High. Yeah, sure. I hate that musical, by the way. Yeah, I do too. It's awful. It's very... Ugh. Mm-hmm. Rogers and Hammerstein. Don't even get me started. Uh, no, get started. Go. Terrible. I've got time. Sexist. <laughs> yeah, racist. Racist. Uh, All of the <clears throat> things. All of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Portland, obviously, is uh, a city that... I mean, people just, like, fucking love it. Mm-hmm. They think it's really great. They wrote a show about it. 
<laughs> yeah, they <laughs> did. Portlandia, which kind of, you know, sort of mocks itself. Yes. Um, I will say this. Uh, I have been known, even on the show, I think, to make fun of Portland a little bit, only because, let me say, Portland is like Austin in that, by which I mean Austin, Texas, in that people love it beyond the proportion of the city. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, they just, both of them actually have the same motto. Keep oh. Austin weird, keep Portland weird. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have the same motto. I didn't know that about Portland. I've never been to Portland. Uh, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I had a, I had a very nice time there. Um, I thought it was cool. But um, before I went, it was one of those things. I think I've even said this on the show that, like, everybody was, you're going to love it. I mean, it right. could not have been more intense on me. As somebody who's, like, an artist and, and, and loves stuff mm-hmm. of that nature. <laughs> Just loves stuff. Just loves stuff. That, that I would, like, love Portland. Right. And, hey, Portland fans, you're doing it. Uh, no, but it's fine. Okay. It kind of reminds me, you know how... Uh, I always think it's funny when tourists come to Chicago and they're like, Ooh, it's really windy here. Right. And they talk about the actual wind, the right. literal wind, and they don't realize why Chicago got that name. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know why Chicago is called the windy city, it's called the windy city because, uh, Chicagoans could not shut the fuck up about Chicago. Mm-hmm. So everybody basically just thought whenever they met a Chicago and, uh, who was talking about how great Chicago was, uh, that they were being windy. That they were windbags. It, it's also... They were basically bloviating assholes who would not shut the fuck up about a very okay town. Right. And it's also um, called that due to the shifty politics here. <laughs> yeah. That's also that's also another reason for it. Is Which that... goes back to the windbag thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, where, um, yeah... Th- uh, yeah, the way the weather changes, which is a phenomenon here, mm-hmm. uh, is a way that your politician will change. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, don't trust a hoe. So let's talk about... <laughs> <laughs> Note of the night, don't trust a hoe. Exactly. If you've gotten anything from this show, it's that uh, <laughs> always be ghosting and don't trust a hoe. We're helpers. Yep. Um... Anyway, uh, so I will say I did enjoy my time in Portland, and I I went to uh, uh, many ghosty things. Okay. Um, and actually met some really cool people that sort of turned me on to some of the other ghosty weirdo things there. Okay. Um, marijuana if, is legal there, correct? It is, but I wouldn't know anything about that. Well, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> if that friend is you, you can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it, though, is, um, and again, I'm a, a friend just texted me this. Uh, the way that the law stands there right now is that you can buy it, but you have to smoke it um, or eat it um, on your own property. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. So not obviously not on the street, not in a bar, uh-huh. not in a park, not with a lark, not with a stark. Not with a fox, not in a box. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's okay, what I was trying to do. Um, so if you took it to your living room and hung out with your friends, that's cool. But if you did anything else with it, not okay. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, so let's talk about Portland. Um, the city was incorporated uh, in February of 1851. 
Um, it's on the Willamette River. Okay. Uh-huh. A lot of times um, when, I, when I was there, I met this really cool guy. Uh, when you see it spelled out, it looks like Willamette. Okay. Um, and he uh, was a Rocky Horror fan. And he said, always just think about, like, damn it, Janet, Willamette. Oh, Willamette. okay. Damn it, Willamette. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Um, it uh, is named after Portland, Maine. Okay. Yeah. Some people like their, which Portland? Um, this one actually is a direct reference to Portland, Maine. Interesting. Okay. One of the founders uh, uh, who, one of the pioneering settlers um, whose name was uh, Francis Pettigrove came from Portland. Okay. Yeah. I'm um, surprised they didn't name it New Portland. I, yeah. Well, that would have just been so much for a pioneer to say. Can we just talk a little bit about the pioneers <laughs> and their their indescribable um, way of naming towns and in, in, in the way of that they were so um, uncreative? <laughs> I love it. I, uh, it's so disappointing to me. Oh my God. It, it brings me nothing but joy. Okay. <laughs> I think it's terrible. I really I just, want them to get it together. Oh my God. There is a place in Utah called This is the Place. <laughs> <laughs> when Brigham Young and the Mormons showed up. <laughs> yep. This is a real thing. I know it is. Oh my God. They stopped. Uh, they, were, they were originally going to go all the way to the uh, Pacific Ocean. Uh-huh. And they stopped, and he said, this is the place. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. And that's the glorious story. it officially became, <laughs> this is the place. There is a, this is the place state park. All right. All right. But we're not talking about Utah. Although, nope. I that just gave me a great idea to, at some point on this show, talk about Utah. We should. I mean, the amount of Mormon ghosts have to be. Ah. Do Mormons become ghosts? Uh, Can if, they? If they're doing it right, they go to a planet. Right. Wait, are Mormons go to a planet? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Not just FLDS, all of them. Okay. They get their own planet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yes, I remember This that. is actually not a controversial tenet of Mormonism at all. No. <laughs> you just get your own planet. You get your own planet. There's so many planets to go around. Sure. Well, Millions. I mean, look at, this, look at the night sky. <laughs> all those planets up there. In the sky. <laughs> uh, Just waiting for a Mormon to explain it. <laughs> they might have mistaken stars for planets. Pick your planet. Which one's yours? Uh, yeah, right. Okay. My planet's right in the center of Orion's belt. <laughs> How cool is that, though? I would love to be part of Orion's belt. Yeah. Aren't there yeah. famous stars in there, like Beetlejuice and uh-huh. some others? Yeah, I don't remember them right now, but yep. yes. Correct. Nope, we're in it. <laughs> we're pretty fit city thank you we're doing it um uh this is interesting to me um the first census in 1850 uh the city's population was 821 um out of those 821 653 were male 164 were female and four were free colored individuals free colored like oh 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 okay <laughs> not slaves i got it free yeah um <laughs> so uh, that that population mostly dudes um that's going to come up in a second which is yeah cuz that sounds problematic 
All for those increasing the population. Oh, we'll get there. Um, it was deri- derided by outsiders at the time. Um, it was nicknamed Stumptown. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a great town name. Right? So they should go back to that. Fuck, keep uh, uh, Portland weird. Just be like, bring back Stumptown. <laughs> Stumptown represent. Yeah. Um, so wait, did you say, did I miss this? Did they, what, what's the name of the guy who founded this? Uh, Francis Pettigrove. So did he come with a group of people? Like, were they following him or did he? No, they were not following him. Actually, there were people there before him. Um, I don't have this on my paper, but there were two other people who, who, uh, I can't remember their names. It was like Lovejoy and somebody else. They actually founded Portland, but Pettigrove bought them out. Okay. And because he bought them out of their land or his or, or their rights, whatever, he was able to name the town what he, what he wanted. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so he went with Portland. Okay. Um, for interest, <laughs> a major fire, uh, which of course was the, the, the big problem of the 1800s, mm-hmm. a major fire swept through downtown uh, in August of 1873, and that destroyed uh, 20 blocks along the west side of the Willamette, which is that major downtown area. So uh, lots of loss, and they had to do a lot of rebuilding, um, which is, you know, fairly common for that time period. Right. Uh, In 1888, the Oregonian, um, which is a newspaper. And still a thing. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's actually um, still a legitimate newspaper. They called Portland, quote, unquote, the filthiest city in the northern states. <laughs> <laughs> and this is due to their unsanitary sewers and gutters. But that was a problem in that area, too, because, sure. yeah. It was hard. I mean, uh, uh, back then, people were coming out west. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people of, uh, let's say... Oh, what is a kind word for criminal? I think that's it. You nailed it. <laughs> okay. So want to get away. Yeah. <laughs> just want to get away, do a little wanderlust, uh, find your fortune and not work really hard. Right. Um, so there, there were a lot of people kind of moving, moving their way west. Um, I'm just looking for a fresh start. Someplace sure. that's maybe someplace on top of a swamp. That doesn't know my wife and child are in Illinois. <laughs> right. Which actually happened more than you would think. Oh, I'm sure. These poor women. I'm sure. Women would get hooked up with these men out west and get married to them only to find that these men were bigamists. Ugh. Uh, Can I, let me just say this too. Like, sure. I feel like most major cities are, lay some kind of claim to be built on a swamp. And, like, that's their excuse for why they have sewer problems. We sure. experienced that in Chicago. Well, yep. we're built on a swamp. We are, though. And, and and everybody who lives in Chicago knows that, like, on some, you know, any day in the summer, if you're, like, oh, walking the wrong way down the street and, like, the wind hits the right way, you're going to get the worst sewer smell. It's just going to sure. slap you in the face. I thought you were going to, like, talk about how we walk by our friendly rats. Oh, also that. Also, there are rats. (laughs) A lot of them. I mean, mean, honestly, yes. But here's another great thing that the city of Chicago is doing to cure the rat problem. Um, First, they brought in the cats. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Which I have one of. 
Um, oh, you have, you do. You really yeah, have a mouser. I have a, mo- I have a mouser. Um, and she, her, we found out that her breed, cause she was found in an abandoned building mm-hmm. and her breed and they brought them into New York too. Mm-hmm. Um, the same kind of cats were brought in to help with the rat population. And then they brought in the coyotes. Girl, I was about to just tell the people on my street where the ghost studio is located. We had a coyote. Yeah. Because they brought in the coyotes. <laughs> Not one block from here, we had a coyote. Here's the thing about animals <clears throat> and insects and anything that you bring in to fix a problem that is live, it populates. Yeah. And it, it will continue Well, then to become populate. the problem. And then it becomes the problem. So it's like in Wisconsin, they brought in these, um, uh, these Asian beetles to... Mm-hmm. Deal with these moths that were eating the crops, and now there's an Asian beetle problem. Those are the ladybugs that are yellow, right? They're like kind of like a coppery color, yeah. Okay. And they like my parents have this part in their house that I call Beetle Alley because they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's they can't they can't deal with it. Like they're out of control. They have like this one door that we never open, and like the screen <laughs> is just covered. In these freaking Asian beetles every summer. And I'm like, this is disgusting. And my dad's like, I can't, you can't vacuum them up because they explode inside the vacuum. <gasps> no, like, gross. It's just, they live with it. It's awful. All right. So I'm just waiting until like the coyotes just could like overrun the city of Chicago. Um, it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. They don't attack people though. That's the good news. Unless they're threatened. Oh, they don't? No, no, no. They're afraid of people. Oh. So if they see you, well, they'll wait, probably... Well, afraid of something, ergo, one is threatened by. Right. But if they... Traditionally... Like I'm afraid of spiders, so I kill and, them. And somebody, I'm sure, is going to correct me on this. But typically with coyotes, if they're going to see a person, they're probably going to, like, stare you down and back away and run away. Okay. What um, if you run? They won't chase you? They're not... I don't... No, no, no. No, they want... They're going to go after something smaller. Oh. So... And they're nocturnal. So they're only out at night. <laughs> that's either... Well, so, that's when I've seen them. <laughs> I was talking to um, one of the moms at my daughter's school. She was talking, Please don't fucking say they had one on their block. Too. No, they didn't. But oh. she had her kids at the park um, because where they kind of like dropped these coyotes off mm-hmm. is not far from where I live and where her school is. Mm-hmm. And so this mom was like, yeah, the kids were playing in the park and there was a coyote just hanging out. In the evening? No, it was like, well, it was like probably like after school. So. Like, early evening. Well, we were just talking about their Dusk. nocturnal. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, around 5 p.m. So, it's still daylight, but... Dusky. Dusky. So They're like, the vampires. Of cool. That's really great to know. Untamed dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so, coyotes, y'all. Yeah. We're going back to Portland. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Segway. Um... Uh, Lots of you guys know this, but I, I, I think this is one of the most interesting things about Portland. And yes, I think Portland is interesting. Relax. Um, <laughs> Calm down, everybody. No. I feel like I'm going to get so many emails. I'm really fucking around. I think Portland's pretty great, but I just, you know. Um, they have this underground system. They have the tunnels. Oh, Just yeah. like they have in Seattle. Right. Um, this is awesome. Now, they were originally built, uh, so the Willamette... Um, the the like the banks of the Willamette were uh, below where the town was. Okay. And so what they did is they created a tunnel system from where the docks were to go under the city mm-hmm. and then deliver goods above. Okay. So 
Um, it was basically like a commercial street, kind of like Lower Wacker. Okay. It was a commercial web of um, uh, streets, so things could go right off the ships into the shops. Mm-hmm. Now, when used for that purpose, and by the way, most of these ran um, uh, off the Willamette um, in Old Town and Chinatown. Okay. Um, when used for good, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Okay. Get their shit. And, and if, like UPS, it'd be like, take these four pallets of shit over to this um, apothecary and they would get it. Now, of course, whenever um, <clears throat> things are not used for its original intention, um, things go awry. Right. Uh, if anyone's wondering now, I'm just going to pooch this. In our time... 2017, uh, the tunnels are uh, completely filled in. Oh, really? You can go uh, to uh, m- most places have basements that have the tunnel feature, mm-hmm. but they have been cemented in. Oh, that sucks. And probably max like a block or two blocks exist and mostly for tourist purposes. Okay. Just like Seattle. Yes. Um, but that's where the tunnel people live. <laughs> well, they did. Okay. There were there was a lot of um uh which sounds crazy, but there were a lot of like when uh uh I'm uh segueing here a little bit, uh or not segueing, but deviating a little bit from what I want to talk about. But they but telling people for sure, uh a homeless population started, uh, a gambling population started, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of just shit that they didn't intend um uh started because of that. But let me take you all the way back uh, to the 1880s. Um, these tunnels in Portland, um, when not used for commercial purposes, were used to kidnap and smuggle immigrants, laborers, and prostitutes. And they would um, sell these people to ship captains passing through on the Willamette, Willamette River. So um, if you've ever heard of the word Shanghai, mm-hmm. like so-and-so was Shanghai. Noelle got Shanghai. Right. Um, that was actually a real thing. Okay. Um, in Portland and other uh, places on the Western um, uh, trading um, landscape, let's say, uh, people would be, quote, unquote, shanghai And what this meant was um, uh, that that came from a colloquialism and basically meant you, you were taken um, on a boat. And who knows? You could end up in China. And actually, a lot of people did. Um but in Portland, they actually um, didn't really call it Shanghai. They call it crimping. Okay. Remember crimping your hair? I sure do. Sure. <laughs> actually, your hair is crimped right now. <laughs> I'm so You're embarrassed. bringing it back. <laughs> you guys, it's such a cool look. <laughs> your bangs look weird. It's so cool. I know that, like... Are you not supposed to do your bangs? You did your bangs. I'm still trying to figure out how to crimp and make the ends look not fried and like like stringy and gross. Like I wish there was a way to crimp all the way. Oh shit! But for some reason, like when you crimp, you only get like the meat of your hair, and then the end of it just looks kind of meh. So I'm working out a new thing. Yeah, it's like it looks, all over crimp. It looks good. Bring it back. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> also, uh, public service announcement. Don't use hairspray when you crimp. <laughs> Wait. 
What do you mean? I had a friend in middle school. Off. <laughs> oh, oh, she no. was using a hot crimp and sprayed hairspray on it, and all of her hair fell out. Oh, that's um, terrible. I've actually... Um, she's probably fine. I don't think I've ever crimped my hair. No, I haven't either. Never. Yeah, I've done a lot of other things, but never that. Sure. Never had a crimping iron. <laughs> yeah. Um, I flat iron. I think my yeah. hair looks nice when it's yeah, straightened. it sure does. Thank you. Looks nice right now, too. Well, you don't have to overdo it, but I appreciate that. <laughs> never. I'm never overdoing it. <laughs> what you see is what you get, everybody. That's true. <laughs> I'm just laughing back to the time when you crossed your legs and said, sorry, oh, sorry. Because <laughs> I, like, knocked everything away. <laughs> it's such a big deal about nothing. Which is actually why I love you, because you are the most genuine person I've ever met. <laughs> Thank you. Because, you, like, there's no, like, internal processing. <laughs> no, all surface. <laughs> just, just, like, it's all there. You will hear it. <laughs> You're like, oh, did I say? Like, oh, you just did. <laughs> like, I can't mask anything. My face Which is, is why always everyone loves you and everyone hates me, because I'm all poker face all the time. <laughs> Where I'm showing you exactly what I'm thinking all the like, time. And what is she thinking? I'm like... Actually, honestly, not much. <laughs> I'm usually like wide eyed or I'm confused where you can see the wheels actually turning. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pretend like I know what they're saying, but I really have no idea what this <laughs> is about. Like, seemingly perpetually disinterested, but mostly just processing what's happening. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Everybody loves you. No. Just like Raymond. Except that's the joke. Nobody liked him on that show. Nobody. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> I hate that show. Oh, okay. Um, Half of them are dead now. Always be ghosting. <laughs> always be ghosting. ABG. Oh, man. Anyway, let's go back to crimping. Important, because this is, uh, uh, they did not necessarily uh, at all use the word Shanghai. It's a bit of a modernism. They use the word crimping, and crimping is a Dutch word, uh, and it actually means a holding pen for fish. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So, So um, was this like, this was like a slave trade? Yeah. And was there like sex trafficking going on? Yeah. Okay. Girl. All right. I'm going to get into it and then I'm going to get out of it. Okay. Please. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like this. Anyway, um, crimping involved, um, opening, uh, so what would happen is like all these sailors would come to town and they would stay in boarding houses and, um, or just, just people, you know, would come to town and stay in boarding houses. Now, the boarding house proprietors were on the make. Okay. And so what they would do is they would extend first-class service to people that they knew full well could not afford it. Wait, do you mean on the take? Yeah. Okay. You also, you also can say on the make. Oh, you can? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Um. So... Like, say you came to my boarding house, uh-huh. and I was just like, oh, clearly this woman needs, like, an $80 room and, like, maybe one vodka soda, and that's it. Good right. night. I'd be like, you should stay in the penthouse suite, and you should stay here for a week. By the way, I'm going to send three hookers up to your room. That's okay. Um, and you never talk about price, and every once in a while you give them shrimp cocktail. Do you know where I'm going with this? I do. Okay. So at the end of this first-class treatment mm-hmm. that these rubes think they're getting for free. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the boarding house proprietor gives them a bill. So this person thinks that they've been getting all this shit for free, mm-hmm. except for, and like thinking like, oh, I'm just going to pay for my stay. Mm-hmm. Let's say in 1880s money, I owe a, they think they owe a dollar. 
Right. It turns out they owe 200. Ugh. And they cannot pay it off. And the boarding house person, who's actually a crimper, um, is like, what a, what a shame. I mean, what a shame. Like, if you can't pay this, you have to go to prison. And mm-hmm. that's not something that you want to do. I know. Um, I will eradicate your debt. You won't have any debt to me. But you have to go on this boat and sign a contract for six months to a year. Okay. So all of the sailors coming out of Portland were basically uh, slave labor. I feel like this is like the basis of a lethal weapon movie <laughs> or possibly Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, I haven't seen them. Um, I think possibly both. You haven't seen any of the lethal weapon movies? I mean, no. Oh, so good. Okay. okay. I'm so, sorry. We did not have the same we, upbringing we or life. definitely did not. <laughs> Not even Big Trouble in Little China? I mean, um, interesting. Kurt Russell at his best. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's cool. Oh, well. Um, Kurt Russell and, uh, 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 she was on Sex in the City. Kim Cattrall. Oh, okay. Yep. And early... Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Yes. She was in Porky's too. When she wasn't oversexed. Sorry, Porky's comma also, because I don't know if she was in Porky's too, because there were many Porky's. There were. I'm going to move on. Um, Joseph Bunko, nickname, (laughs) Kelly. (laughs) Creator of the game? Nope. Um, But he was um, one of the most famous crimpers. Um, By his own account, he shanghaied over 2,000 men and women during wow. his 15-year career, beginning in 1879. Uh, he was called the King of Crimps, and he actually received his name Bunko um, when he provided to a uh, sea captain um, a cigar store Indian. And the uh, captain, we're not dealing with the nicest people, uh, too drunk to realize at the moment. Cause oftentimes they would deliver people, uh, to the ships completely passed out or drunk or uh-huh. having been slipped in Mickey. <laughs> oh, man. And so, um, anyway, he, he, in blankets gave him a cigar store Indian and still made $50 off the deal. Uh, in one infamous deal in 1893, he actually delivered 22 men. Listen to this fucked up story. 22 men who had gone to the cellar of a mortuary, mistakenly thinking it was a speakeasy, or they had gotten to someone's booze supply. Mm -hmm. They drank embalming fluid uh, and were getting fucked up on it until they all started to, like, be like, oh, shit. Um, Joseph Bunko Kelly found them. He, instead of helping them, he sold all of the men, most most of whom were... Uh, about to become dead, so they were dying of poisoning. Right, right. To a sea ca- to a captain who sailed off before he discovered the truth. He was paid fifty two dollars per man. Jesus. Yep. So twenty two I- men, fifty two dollars a man, and they all died within like five hours of being out to sea. Wow. Yeah. So I just so they the- were like puking and shit, and he basically uh, again, like I said, most of the Shanghai people were, uh, or the crimped people were intoxicated or passed out. So this captain just assumed they were intoxicated and passed out and didn't realize they were literally going to die. That's crazy. Yep. 
Um, I just did the math. And so you said over 2000 people in 15 years. Yeah. So that's um, over a third of a person every day. Oh yeah. This guy so, was killing it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Wait, hold on. Like I got, I got actually, day. I'm glad you did the math. Cause I have a statistic for you. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, Kelly once sent the record for crimping 50 men in three hours. <laughs> Who knows? They must have all just been like dipshits from Iowa. Right. Sorry, Iowa. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Kelly was never arrested for crimping because it wasn't illegal. I figured it wasn't if they were doing it this frequently. No. Actually, crimping was like um, Portland's biggest thing. Not illegal at all. Right. Um, he was, however, arrested finally in 1894 for murder, <laughs> which was illegal. Well, of course. <laughs> well, at least they had that. Well, you think about it, and it kind of makes sense if you fig- if you figure that like all of these men are um, some kind of criminal, and they're trying to escape their past, and they're going out west uh, to get away and start in quotes start over, or just escape whatever they left over there. Um, I'm sure that the local government was kind of like, let's weed these guys out. Like, so oh, they yeah. probably were encouraging this kind of stuff to get these guys out, keep their streets clean. Yeah. Um, you know, keep well, think about like to the kind down. of rube you would have to be to, um, truly have nothing, be given everything and not realize that someone's going to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, nowadays we call that street smarts. Right. Right. And you and I have that. Like if someone was like, Hey, here's a hundred dollar bill. Go spend it on anything you want. I'll meet you in an hour. I'd be like, I don't want your money. Right. Oh no. I would take the hundred (laughs) dollars and I would buy something or do whatever I could with it, but I would never meet them. Like I would figure out a way to lose them unless they put some kind of tracking device on me. Well, that's, I could see yeah. the flaw in this. Things get complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Better. Your, you keep your hundred dollars. I mean, seriously, like if someone, if I walked down the street right now and someone's like, here's $20, I would say no, thank you. Yeah. Which sounds crazy to right. other people, but like I've lived in this city for an extremely long time. That just seems weird. Well, the minute somebody tries to talk to you on the street, you're like, no, thank you. Or like, yeah. no, you're like, sorry. <laughs> I would love to do uh, a lot of kindness to you. You'd be like, cool. I'm busy. Now. Right. Um, I was, I was out. And of- God bless the, God bless the person that accepts this offer. <laughs> I was, I was, um, in Tulsa. Oh my God. I know. Don't brag. Never again. Um, I was in Tulsa. Sorry, Tulsa. I was there for work. and I <laughs> That's was... their town motto. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tulsa. Um, I was walking around downtown, which is very small. And um, this man approached me and I had my earbuds in and I was sure. just kind of wandering around. And um, right away I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. And just assumed that he was begging me for money. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm looking for like the closest, um, Chinese food restaurant or he's like, I'm looking for Chinese or Thai. And I was like, Oh, and I felt so bad because my initial reaction is always like, leave me alone. But why would you know that? Well, and I looked at him kind of like, do I look like I'm from here? And, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't look like one who is probably from. But also, well, your bangs are very severe. But oh, right. also, like, that's why. 
<laughs> That's why Jesus invented the iPhone. Well, they also have really poor cell phone reception there. Oh. Um, no, I'm not sure that. He was he was like, I'm from out of town. I don't know where anything is. I'm, and he's like, you're the only person on the street. Because he's looking for authentic Nobody else Asian is like cuisine. walking down the street. And I was like, I uh, have no idea. I'm not from here. But that's like my gut reaction. Yeah, like, you should be like, go to General Sal's on uh, <laughs> First Street. Yeah. We just kind of like became friends. Like people who are like, we both should not be in this city. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm here for work. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, same. Now, well, I'm going to talk about one of my other favorite topics, which is... Sex. Yes! Yeah! How did you know? I'm so see-through. Speaking of sex, um, I think I mentioned this on another episode, but I fucking love this because I think it's so funny. We're going to talk about seamstresses. (laughs) Yes, we have (laughs) talked about this before. Um, So I already told you the the census uh, from before, Mm -hmm. uh, which was very little, very few women. In an 1880 census, uh, there's a list of... 247 seamstresses. That's a lot. <laughs> but wait, there were not I, that many women there, right? That was, that was, uh, that statistic from before, I think was from 1850. Okay. But at this point, uh, there are probably only maybe like a thousand women. Okay. So a quarter of them. <laughs> yeah. And also on the same census, <laughs> over a hundred women were listed as actual prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but a seamstress is like a nice. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> seamstress. Is- I ain't got nothing to hide. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you can imagine. Anyway, uh, so I found this uh, that that would be one seamstress for every eighty-five men in wow. Portland at that time. Wow, the you syphilis know. was running rampant. Mayhap the gonorrheas, maybe. <laughs> AKA the clap, maybe. Uh, every saloon, obviously, <laughs> was very concerned about uh, uh, the, the clothing situation of their customers. Oh. And so every saloon upstairs employed at least a dozen seamstresses. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and I already, I think I said this on another episode, but this still gives me glee. When a customer, so a guy would be drinking at the bar, uh-huh. and uh, so when a customer wanted some company, he would flag a bartender over, point to his pants, and say he needed a seamstress to take care of his situation. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And then it's that really man clever. would go upstairs for about a half an hour and get his pants fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out my zipper was broken. Yep. Well, <laughs> that was usually the case. <laughs> she got his zipper working. Um, so now I'm going to talk a, a bit about haunted stuff. Why not? For J segments, 38 minutes in, we're, we're <laughs> nailing it. Nailing it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to give some context about the Oregon Trail. Okay. That this horrible game. No, it's not the game. <laughs> Although, usually I, I would die of dysentery. I always ran out of... I always needed more yolk for my oxen. <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> I usually, like, uh, would um, purposefully, like, not stock my shit, right? <laughs> Just because I thought it was funny. Because we played it in school. I would overstock so be like, and run out of money. <laughs> so be like, You've got however much money. Uh, what do you want to buy? And I'd buy, like, like 
maybe a fourth of what I needed to keep all my pioneers alive. Oh, I would buy everything. I'd be like, buy, buy, buy. And yeah. then I'd run out of money and I'd run out of supplies. And then no, they, were, they would be like, um, you didn't buy enough supplies. You lived, but then you died of dysentery. Do you remember though? There would be like actual like Indian attacks. Yeah. Where it'd be like the Indians are coming and you would lose like three people to an Indian attack. Yep. <laughs> it's like so terrible. <laughs> so terrible on the green screen. Here they come in. Yes. Oh, oh that green screen. Yep. Oh. It's horrible. It's racist. It's it's awful. all the things that my childhood in America was. <laughs> Good thing we've gotten away from that. No, I mean we're finished. Yeah, we're oh, totally geez. done with it. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> the Oregon Trail uh, was two thousand one hundred and seventy miles east to west. Okay. Uh, connected the Missouri River uh, to the valleys in Oregon. Um, the eastern part of the Oregon Trail spanned from, uh, Kansas to, um, Wyoming over to, like, through Idaho into Oregon. Uh, originally it was laid by fur traders, uh, from 1811 to 1840, but by 1836, um, that's when pioneers started to cruise. So that's when, like, your, your Missourians and blah, blah, blah Mm -hmm. started just to hightail it. Um, so that's that. Anyway, um, the first reported hauntings came, uh, or, or, uh, or legacy of the Oregon Trail. Um, there's a, a place called Tryon Creek State Park. Okay. And, uh, when people are there, they actually hear, um, disembodied, uh, sounds of horses, disembodied voices of men talking. Oh. Uh, and they believe they see pioneer women. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's an Oregon Trail legacy. Did you go there when you were there? I didn't. Okay. Uh, I actually, I went to Lone Fir Cemetery, Mm -hmm. which is not included in today's program, (laughs) (laughs) which was so amazing. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, there are no ghost stories from it, but it's like the coolest. Okay. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah. So this Tryon Creek State Park is uh, believed to be haunted by uh, loggers. And men who worked in that area. Mm-hmm. If you see a woman uh, in Tryon Creek State Park, likely she was a seamstress. Oh, okay. Okay. It's kind of like now <laughs> in North Dakota, there's that oil boom. Oh, yeah. And so all the... All By the, the way, um, you talk about football sometimes, so I'm going to talk about Dolly Parton. Okay. Okay. And from Bessel Whorehouse in Texas, uh-huh. there's a line from one of the songs, um, uh, Little Pissant Country, was it? It's just a mm. pillow squat and piss and country place. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and she says, you, we used to get a lot of roughnecks when the oil boom was high. Thank God. Uh, we used to get a lot of roughnecks when the oil boom was high. Thank God the fields went dry. Uh, there's some, I'm missing a line in there, okay. but basically it's like, they used to come in and cause a lot of havoc at the whorehouse. Thank God the fields run, oh. ran dry. But that's like naughty. North Dakota. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what's happening right now. Did you just say naughty? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, but I, I should have. <laughs> but you just said naughty. Um, <laughs> here's something um, I don't like, but I heard about when I was there, actually extensively when I was in Oregon, um, and I should bring up just because um, this is a show 
about social justice masquerading as a ghost program. <laughs> you guys found us out. Yep, it only took us 75 episodes. But anyway, um, Oregon uh, was a very racist state. Okay. Um, in fact, it was founded on being a racist uh, utopia. Well, and I think that, I mean, Oregon in general, and I think we could probably say this about a lot of quote-unquote blue states, um, the urban areas are really the only, like, really yeah. blue area where Oregon is, uh, outside of Portland, it's very rural. Mm-hmm. So it probably could be argued that it's still that way. Yeah. When Oregon was granted statehood in 1859, it was the only state in the union uh, in its constitution that forbade black people from living, working, or owning property there. Wow. It was in its constitution. I actually, this is not on my piece of paper, so I can't really talk to it very much. Um, uh, but there was a historian, and I can't remember her name right now, uh, who, who basically said the only landmark thing about that is they actually wrote it down and they were fairly proud of it. Wow. Yeah. Whereas everyone else kind of faked it. Well, that's terrible. I know. Um, <laughs> that's awful. In fact, it was illegal for black people to even move to Oregon until 1926. Why would you even want to? It's kind of like, it's kind of like the Mormon, <laughs> I don't know. the Mormon church. Like they started allowing black people into the church in what, like 1972 or something like that. Why do you even want to be part of something yeah. like that? Take this job and shut up. Yeah. No, thank you. If you nope. don't want me, I don't want to be there. All right, now I'm just going to, like, cruise through some hauntings. Do you want to know some hauntings? I do. I really do. And there's this really cool, beautiful hotel called the Merchant Hotel. I've been there. It's awesome. That's actually where I met that guy. Um, super gay, had his nails painted. I thought he was a drag queen, so he and I bonded, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and then he turned out to be a ghost? <gasps> No, oh. <laughs> although I, God, fucking, I wish. And that would be the ghost who visits me. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I'll tell you later on uh, a little story about he and I. But, um, okay. The Merchant Hotel was built in 1880 by the Nikolai Brothers. It took four years to build. It's beautiful, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, luxury Hotel. It boasted one of the first uh, elevators in the city. And by 1889, it had grown to take up an entire city block. Wow. Um. This is a sentence that I am not sure what this means, and I actually spent way too long trying to figure it out. In, additions to, in addition to its use as a hotel, the building also housed a bar, brothel, billiards hall, and most notoriously, a cracker factory. <laughs> <laughs> it was the front. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I actually kept looking what up. What kind of crackers? Truly, I think this must be like... This is where Nabisco got its start? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is like gone away colloquialism. We were talking about it, the food item and not white people, right? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what this means. In fact, it's like probably everything I've had, it's like, yes, the, it was um, uh, an opium den. Um, people did opium there, like, in front of people. And there was a brothel, and it was known for that. And then, for some reason, this sentence says, most notoriously, a cracker factory. And I don't know what that means. I love that. So, um, anyway, this ghost is actually still, uh, to this day, currently haunted by a ghost named Nina. Okay. Um, and she was a prostitute who was murdered uh, in the elevator shaft of the building. Oh. In fact, that guy that I was just talking about, um, uh-huh. who I met, 
we went down because this uh, this uh, merchant hotel still has part of the underground. Okay. Part of the tunnels. Right. And we went down, and he was kind of showing us around. He stayed very close to mm-hmm. the door and would not, like, go in. You've told me this story. Yes. Yep. And there was a lot of space to explore. There was probably at least, like, four rooms to explore. Uh-huh. Enough tunnel that it went maybe 100 yards. And he wouldn't go into it. He basically was, like, being very coy about it. He's like, if you want to go in, you can go in, blah, blah, blah. And trying to, you know, very charming and telling stories. And uh, when we went upstairs, he and I had a private conversation. And I, I asked him about it. I said, you, I saw that you wouldn't go in. And he's like, I get so nervous down there. It's so haunted. Um, I went into that one. He describes a room where he believes Nina is. Uh-huh. And he said that... One time he went in there and he heard over his shoulder, um, leave. Ugh. And he was like, cool message received. Okay. Good yep. for him. He was basically like all my hair on my body <gasps> stood up and I was like, bye. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so creepy. So was she pushed down the shaft or she fell? Allegedly. Okay. In this website, uh, or this research doesn't have it. Uh, he told me. That she had, uh, her big problem was that she had had a daughter with somebody mm-hmm. that she shouldn't have. Okay. Now, mind you, it's the it's uh, late 1880s, early 1890s. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the proprietor of the hotel or a fancy guest, but right. she uh, she was murdered, but her child survived. Oh, that's terrible. Um. Uh. Very quickly, I already mentioned this, but the basement of the hotel was an opium den. Okay. Uh, a high-class <laughs> opium den, you which know. sounds really weird. But all that heroin was coming in from Asia through the boats and whatever. Right. Um, and there is a, a, a ghostly woman in white who is said to be descending the staircase late at night. Okay. And her the deal... The madam? Oh, well, people don't think so. Okay. Um, this guy didn't think so either. Um... And by the way, there wasn't a madam of this place. It was a dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, They think it was a, because of what people say her dress looked like, Mm -hmm. that it was a a person on the up and up, maybe a person with money and influence who would sneak down to the opium den. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. A little sneaker. Yeah. A little druggy, druggy sneaker sneaker. Uh, We're going to move on. We're going to move on to the White Eagle Saloon. This one was built in 1901, and it's located in northeast Portland. Mm-hmm. It's haunted by a woman who was murdered there. Um, and this <laughs> White Eagle Saloon, just in case you have not been keeping score, was also a brothel in Opium Dem. Um, there is a different person or a different entity there, allegedly uh, a girl named Rose. Okay. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. Uh, but people claim they see various phantoms of people who were kidnapped uh, through the tunnels there. And they say they see the former bartender, Sam Warwick, who worked there. I'm going to move on. This is not my favorite story. But there's a place called the Oaks Amusement Park. It's located in southeast Portland. It was built in 1905, and it was known as the Coney Island of, of the Northwest. And many people see the apparition of a ghost boy. 
and he haunts them in various places and they'll see basically like a kid in vintage clothing oh. like a little creeper and then he disappears oh. not my favorite no that's sad um this is a little bit on the outskirts of Portland, so um, not Portland proper. It's the uh, Multnomah, which is like the Multnomah Falls. I might be mispronouncing that. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, it is the Multnomah County Poor Farm. This one was built in 1911. It operated as a poorhouse. It housed mentally challenged uh, the disabled and the elderly. Um, deaths were incredibly common in poorhouses. Um, so, uh, basically people were buried on the property in unmarked, uh, plots. The property later served as a sanitarium and then a reform school for troubled children. And it became vacant in 1990. So I'm sure there's no activity there at all. (laughs) Whatsoever. Uh, all accounts say it's really boring there. JK. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's real fucked up. And you'll see this as I keep going because, um, Portland is obviously a hotbed for hipsterism. Um, uh, this is now a hotel and brewery. Of course. <laughs> of course it is. And uh, basically the uh, amount of people who have been absolutely terrorized by ghosts. Just like I could not even keep count. Uh-huh. Um, there are like 30 instances of people being in this building and being like, what is going on? Because <laughs> they don't know. Right. Um. Uh, I know they're getting tapped on the shoulder. Yeah, like, it's actually like their friend who's like just messing with them. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, this used to be a county poor farm." I'm going to take you to the Benson Hotel. Okay, uh, this is in downtown Portland. Um, the owner Simon Benson built it in 1912. Uh, it's 12 stories, um, and it has uh, 287 rooms. And this was the place. It was like the hottest shit. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. European style. Anybody who was anybody present stayed there. Um, so there's a lot of hauntings here. You have so many pages left. No, no. We'll okay. get through it. Totally fine. <laughs> uh, Simon Benson came on the Oregon Trail, actually. Okay. He was from Wisconsin. And uh, when he was in Oregon, he ended up working his way up uh, to become um, a major logger. And he owned uh, his uh, own logging company. Benson Logging and Lumber. Do you think that they did those logger competitions back then too? I do. You, they did? You they think? must have. Yeah. Because there's got to be, I, I, and I'm legitimately asking that. Yes. Because there's got to be. I'm legitimately answering. I, okay. I bet you anything. I think there's so much fun. Well, especially because um, they're only men and seamstresses. <laughs> right. They've got to do something for entertainment. So they've yeah. got to like balance on a log and water and whatever. Like, yeah. There's got to be some kind of competition. All right, so the 12th, 9th, and 7th floor, um, paranormal activity. Okay. Also, the staircase, uh, dining room. Let's talk about Simon Benson. Mm -hmm. They see him floating down the main lobby staircase. They see him uh, in the common area of the hotel. Uh, He was actually a teetotaler which is weird for Oregon at that time. Yeah. So when people are at the bar, they see him or they, they'll see like a um, half body apparition. No legs. <laughs> is he just shaking his head at them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, yes. Oh, really? Glowering at just them. Just like shaking their heads. <laughs> and sometimes he knocks over their drinks. 
which is not hard to do for a drunk person. Oh, that's awesome. He's just like hands crossed, arms mm-hmm. crossed, shaking his head, looking at them. That's amazing. Uh, in that hotel, there is an unknown male ent- entity. People think he is, uh, they originally meet him what they presuppose to be a night porter. Uh, but then he suddenly disappears. Okay. Um, there's a lady in a white dress who you, in Portland, there's a lot of lady in white dresses, but we know this from, um, ghost lore that there's always a lady in a white dress. Right. Um, anyway, she, you're not going to like this. She could be seen in a large gilded mirror Aww, <laughs> in the lobby hotel. Mirrors. She always shows up in the mirror. Aww. People report that they've seen her, but she's only in the mirror. Yeah. And then finally, this is actually the grossest story of this entire thing. There is a little boy. This is is an actual account, and I hate it. Uh, A woman was sleeping in the hotel. Uh, She actually had her own three-year-old child. Um, So when she was awakened by this three-year-old boy, she was like, yeah, it's a three-year-old boy. Seemed kind of like see-through in appearance. Um... He, he uh, frightened her a little bit, but she felt sad for him, so she reached out to him, um, and um, uh, she pulled him toward her because he, she felt like he was sad, and mm-hmm. um, as she pulled him toward her, he suddenly got up in her face and made a scary face, <gasps> oh! and then it, he made it silly, and then scary, and then silly. He kept repeating this until he sat at the end of her bed, pleased with himself for having made funny jokes, and then he disappeared. No, no, no. Yeah, that happened. Oh, no. I'm going to take you to the pit talk, man. You would never sleep again. Right? No. How fucking awful is that? I can't. No, I can't deal with that. It's the worst. I'm like, that's probably going to be my nightmare tonight. (laughs) No, dude, when I I saw that story, I was like, the last thing I want is a ghost to, like, playfully make creepy faces at me. Uh Uh-huh. No, thank you. You're already a ghost. There's a um, message received. So Andrew got um, a 3D or VR goggles for Christmas and um, we were playing around with it. And there's one of like the demos is this like haunted bedroom. And like, you're supposed to be able to like survive through the whole thing. Girl, no. And I threw the goggles <gasps> off of me because at one point you're just like, you're sitting in a bed. And, um, there's like a little boy that appears in the room, like all over the place. And at one point he was like on the foot of the bed and all of a sudden you like, you look and he's just like in your face. And I was like, that's a story. It was, uh, I like literally just like ripped them off of my head and threw it out. I was like, no more. Can you imagine like, and she, she at least, or or you're at least smarter than she is. She went to hug him because she felt bad for him. Stupid lady. (laughs) Don't feel bad for that kid. He's dead. Yeah. Ghost children are the worst. No. Um, <laughs> Seriously. Kids at night are the creepiest. Yes. I don't know how many times I have to remind you guys of this. I have just a few more, then we have to go. Okay. Pitock Mansion, built in 1914. This is a historic mansion. Um, Henry Pitock uh, came um, on the Oregon Trail, and his wife also came on the Oregon Trail. They met uh, separately, but that's how they got to the city. Um, so Henry married uh, Georgi- Georgiana Burton. Uh-huh. He, uh, he had come from Pennsylvania and she had come from Missouri. Anyway, they both like built themselves up for nothing and uh, became these very rich people. And they became the pillars of the community and business and philanthropy. 
Okay. So as ghosts, they're actually perceived as a happy couple. Um, and, and they're said to be heard by staff and visitors. There's footsteps, um, windows open and closed by themselves. Uh, Henry specifically is strongly felt, um, some sensitive individuals have seen, um, uh, them like, um, when you walk around a mansion, they, they perceive that there's like a, a nice man behind them, escorting them through as a nice host would do. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Georgiana, um, is said to, uh, move pictures around. Um, she's said to also be in the reflection of mirrors. She, um, presents herself in, um, an aroma of roses. And, uh, there is an apparition of, uh, an older woman in the basement. Okay. So that's her deal. That's nice. Um, we're going to go to the last two things, which are actually really gross and sad. Uh, Cathedral Park. Always um, ending on a high note. Yep. This is in St. John's neighborhood. Uh, it's said to be haunted by Thelma Taylor. I actually have a name on this. Her name is Thelma Taylor. And when she was a teenager, she was brutally murdered. Um, she was abducted and held for a night in August of 1949. Uh, and after that terrible night, she was stabbed to death under the St. John's bridge. Um, actually, uh, Local teenagers and local people just come out um, to, to try to see her. Uh, people report that they hear blood-curdling screams of a young girl. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, teenagers dare each other to spend the night there, and they all come out the same way, like, thinking that they've seen a ghost and that Cathedral Park under St. John's Bridge is completely haunted. So nobody's coming. <laughs> Ugh. Nobody's like paying vigil to her and like trying to like release her spirit. They're just like, they're dead. all kids fucking around and, and being scared of her. All right. Got one more. Okay. Candy Cane Park. <laughs> this is a small park located in Northeast Portland. I actually have a name on this one too. It's haunted by a woman named Dana Dumar. She was murdered. Uh, y'all, she was murdered with a hatchet in 1983. Ugh. Yep. Um, inside. Of that park, uh, the playground equipment works by itself. Okay. And screams are also heard. And children to this day dare other children to go there and find her. Were the killers of these women ever caught? Not that I know of. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for High Spirit. <laughs> We're going to end it right there. My name is Jay Stagman, and this is my friend. Noelle Schmidt. And our episode has brought... It has been brought to you by Fist City and Cupcake Cabernet. This doesn't taste like a cupcake at all. <laughs> and Noel has one last thing to say to you. Sweet dreams.